Greetings. Hello and welcome. The archival recording you are about to hear was sourced from live streaming audio in an effort to expand content reach. I have decided to repurpose the show as an audio podcast. I have done my best to remaster the audio quality for your ears, but I have chosen to leave its content and length unedited, so you may hear reference to visual cues not described in said audio. If you would like to see the original live streaming video podcast this recording comes from, please head over to youtube.com slash C slash Frumis Films LLC or just search Frumis, F-R-U-M-E-S-S. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Audio from episode to episode will also vary in quality. Sorry about that. Thank you for tuning in and listening. Jeff from us. We're live. Beautiful. Welcome. Hello. Thank you, welcome. my friend. Hello. Hello. I, I wish we had. It's too bad we don't have any intro music. I feel like the we need some like raw power or yeah, something. We, do. <laughs> we need a good Ron Ashton lick to start it off. To start the whole thing off. Let me see that mug you got. That's cool. Yeah, this thing is really cool. My buddy wow. made it for me. He works at a really? place that has, you know, he has a kiln. He does all firing up all Gorgeous. kinds of signs. Yeah, it's all yeah. raised and it's really beautiful. nice. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. Pretty cool. Take a picture of that. Put it in the group. People would like to see that. Definitely. Definitely okay. will. Okay. Welcome, Nick. Thank you. To my channel and our it. new our new enterprise that we're sort of, you know, just sort of spitballing, seeing what's seeing what's up. Um, uh, Nick and I met through the internet, like you do most people who have niche interests, right? Yes. Yeah. And uh, first and foremost, I've plugged it before on my channel, but Nick runs the Stoogeaholics Facebook group, 11 and a half thousand strong. If you are into Iggy Pop and the Stooges, go check out this Facebook group. They are, it's phenomenal. The minutia that is poured over. I once asked a question. I got, I got the, the, the flesh stripped from my body when I said, <laughs> why? I said, why isn't Kill City technically the fourth Stooges album? Right. And I, and I was met with a lot of no Ashton's, no Stooges. And I said, well, then what's ready to die? Right. <laughs> right. You see, our page is like it's like a lot of us times 10. You know? Right. And you get guys that sometimes don't post for a while. Then they'll crawl out and be like, ah, <laughs> all of this stuff. You know, it's great. It's really no, good. That's page. awesome. That's awesome. It so check really that cool. out. Everybody check that out. And yes, Stoogeaholics. It's been going on for about five years. This lady, Suze Copley, she recently passed away. She started it. But Natalie Schlossman, who was the um, she was really the first Stooges big fan. She championed them late in the 60s. She was a photographer. She's in the movie Groupies, too. You can see oh, yeah. a, a hit of her. She's what, not really a groupie, but she just happened to be in that movie. She's just a, a major fan. And this actually this shirt is one of her photos. She has a lot oh, nice. of great like she does a lot of Polaroids. So they're really like she knew them. She oh yeah, them? she was good friends with them. Oh yeah, wow. really good friends. A lot. Well, of we'll talk people, about that. Yeah, we'll, we'll we will there. talk about that. Um, so check out this group, Stoogeaholics, if you're into Iggy and the Stooges. I just want to say that. Now, you guys on my channel, you know me, and you know oh, yeah. how I can wax poetic about the Misfits and Sam Hain and Danzig. Well, I got to tell you, I 
I really love the Stooges. They're one of my favorite bands. This chip tooth in my front, you know, people, you know, this chip tooth, that comes from, I got punched in the face during uh, No Fun, Real Cool Time in 2004 nice. during the Iggy and the Stooges set. And like, that's, I just, I, they, I, when they came back is when I really, really got into the Stooges. Oh, um, yeah. But I don't, I can't, I'm not an expert the way you are the, you're the Stooges guy in the way that I'm like the Misfits guy. And so that's why I was like, I'm going to get this guy involved and I'm going to see if we can get something, you know, rolling here where he's like the, he, he, like, this is the fact checker and we can just sort of riff and have a conversation. And so, you know, that's, that's what brings Nick here. Nick, why don't you qualify here, here and now as to your fascination and love for the Stooges before we dive in and, and, and whatnot, and just some of your, your, your stuff. Okay. Well, um, I come from a, a heavy metal type background. Okay. So it's in the metal, th- in the metal throughout the eighties, hardcore came after that. But early on when I was looking into bands and, and stuff, you know, we had a little, you know, back then there was no internet. This was, you know, late 80s, mid to late 80s time. So there was this little record store by my house in Schenectady, New York, which is by Albany, the capital, as you know, and real cool hip guy in there. He's like, hey, man, you know, you like such and such, you know, why don't you check Iggy out? And, you know, I heard I've heard of Iggy and I was like, all right. You know, he had like cassettes. It was all cassettes and records. So it was Instinct. So Instinct was the first album I got and you know Steve Jones from the Sex Pistols as you know was involved in guitar and and um you know I got into I got into Iggy then started liking Iggy and you know I started branching out getting some more stuff but it wasn't until I was in Iggy maybe three or four years before I I found the Stooges and a lot of these bands are a natural transition because like the Misfits, my dad got me into Elvis. I loved sci-fi, 50s, 60s stuff. So that was a natural thing to the Misfits. It was a no-brainer. Just like the Stooges, it's, you know, I put them on for my dad, the first record. He's like, you know, it sounds a lot like the Doors, you know, and I was, I was really into the Doors when I was younger. And then like in metal, like in that kind of stuff, it's almost like I was forward and and then I went back to these bands. And the Stooges just, you know, you, they're you can't classify them. They're punk. They're 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 jazz. They're rock. They're fusion of all, of all sorts of things. And they also pioneered everything. So, you know, it really it, I took to it. You know, it's um, you know, it's it's a primordial primeval sound. And if if you like rock and roll, if if you like metal. If you like any of that stuff, it, it's so easy to get into it, yet alone Iggy's catalog, because Iggy's touched on every genre in the book, you know? You know what's funny? Two things that I that I find very fascinating about your about what you just said. One, you said, oh, I'm a metalhead. You got into Instinct, which was Iggy trying to do right. the heavy metal, you know, chasing the heavy metal fad that had been going on, the hair metal, whatever. Yes. And um, two... I find it fast, you know, usually people get into this, uh, they get into the Stooges first and then Iggy Pop, but I think it's right. interesting that you got into Iggy first and then the Stooges. The other way. In reverse. Yeah, very yeah. interesting. Very interesting yeah. how that worked, you know. And then it seems like, you know, after that, then I, 
I see, you know, when you start liking bands, it's like it lights up for you in different areas. I was watching right. SLC Punk and I was like, oh, that's that's 1969 in that movie, yeah. just little things. And then I seriously got started into record collecting. I've, I've always been a, a collector of, of all sorts of things, military, records, toys, Japanese robots like Danzig collected, all, all yeah. that stuff. But the the record thing, I, I really got into it hard when eBay was first coming around. So I got everything I could, every bootleg, every record. And, you know, there's something to that. I felt like I put so much, like you put into the misfits so much energy into that right. and right around the same time after i was in it really hard the reunion came back and i was like wow i'm super super into this band now and 33 years later and there they are you know California. so we got into them at the same time that's pretty funny yep right yeah. right around that time yep. a few years earlier i've been collecting for maybe three four years and I'm like, wow, I feel like I personally brought this band back. <laughs> Dude, it's really funny how that, but it's so funny how that works. Where like you're on the pulse of things. You right. Know, you get into something like that was me in the Pixies. I'm a big Pixies fan. And I got into the Pixies just as they were reuniting. Right. The same thing with the Stooges. Yeah. And it's just funny how like, how like it's like a, a cosmic. And that's why, you know. The other day when we were we were we were doing our we were doing the live show for the you know the, the Lodi live show whatever right and this girl who's 18 years old she's like oh I started listening to the Misfits in 2016 and I'm going wait a minute right. so you've never known a time before you've never known that uh, right. the dark ages the, yes. the long dark ages that we all went through <laughs> you know <laughs> you know what I mean oh like, man. <laughs> You don't even know, like before the, like you say, before the internet. You know, when I when I was right. getting into the Misfits, I loved the Misfits hard. Just you know, mm -hmm. just like I love the Stooges, and so hard to find anything like Legacy Brutality. I had to order on a cassette from across the country because it wasn't even around. You know, the only time I saw it was on a list of tapes. You know, right. it was a period between when those forty fives and everything came out during the late eighties when. All those records are gone. You might see an, an evil live here or uh right, you know, once in a while. So it was all bootlegs in the in the in the late eighties. But the one thing I I used to go to Wild with my parents every year in New Jersey. And of course, New Jersey, so Lodi, all the stuff comes out, right? So I'm in Wildwood. Right. And I just walked down the boardwalk the one day. I was by myself. I was like, God, you know, you're so excited on vacation. There's this little store. I seen some posters in there. Every wall was all the original Misfits posters. I bought the Ed Gein one off the wall. Wow. The Subway Sam Hain posters. Mm -hmm. It was like a trip. Wow, like you a had a Subway Sam Hain oh, poster? I had the one with the, the initial with the cards. Yeah. I had the giant. Glenn, Mike, Legacy. Did you sell Subway those, poster. or you still have? You I still have them. All. I sold them all years. You get ago. a good price. You get a good price for that stuff. Not back then. It wasn't too yeah, much. Yeah, you know, you could have uh, you could have made a mint today, man. Oh my god, uh, I had the Halloween with the Larry wow. She. I had Beware shirt. I had all the shirts. You know, all the original stuff was still around at that point. And right. And I'm like, oh my god, it's like I'm thinking back. My God, if I if that store existed today and you went in there with all that stuff, was he be a millionaire? It's crazy right. how the how the how the the market has gone up for this stuff. Oh, you it's know? exploded. We I can mean, explore. We will definitely explore that too. You know, I just want to I just want to uh, change the track on you for one second. Yeah. When you 
turn you know what you kind of blew my mind with i never under I, you know i i, I don't, like the first of all if you know the misfits is like a vast collecting universe right, right. like iggy pop alone let alone iggy pop and the stooges and Sto- stooges and iggy stuff there is so much oh my god between bootlegs and singles and those two bands those holy two crap bands. You Holy could crap. fill a, a warehouse with the stuff. It, it, Holy crap. Just like, just endless, an endless, like, like, uh, you know, uh, uh, menagerie to, oh my God. to wade through, you know? Like, it's insane. I had Incredible Hulk issue one, the comic, right? I was collecting comics yeah. years ago. And this guy was like, I got a Misfits bullet. He, I'm like, I'm like, what? I go, I'll give you the Hulk issue one. I'm like, I'll trade you that for that. That's how hard I was into the Misfits. The Hulk comic is worth thousands at that point but i never saw you can't get anywhere there's no ebay it ended up being a bootleg back then but it was you know blank records but the label was blank this was maybe 88 so i'm like oh that must be right blank le- records the labels because there's no book or no internet to check stuff you isn't, know, that, crazy? The, the isn't that crazy isn't that crazy oh it's crazy crazy back then there's that no, you know but do? like that's but that's but that's what's so insane is that like in like your mind, you're like going, oh yeah, blank, blank records. Right. That makes sense to me. Like the, there's no internet. I can't, I don't know. It's how naive it was, you know? Yeah. Collectors have it way better today for that, but they also have it way worse because the prices are, I don't, I don't even, right. that, it's just crazy. It, you, you, there's more information, but the prices have gone up. And right. when the prices were cheaper, there was no information. So it was like, That's there was always some caveat. Catch 22. You know? yeah, totally. It was a catch 22. Yeah. But really um, was. yeah. But there's just like, yeah, there is tons of stuff. And, you know, it's a really great time to be a Stooges fan with the release of, I, I don't know if you picked one up. I did not because it was outside my price range, but that Rhino box set, that oh, fun house. Great box set. I have the you CD got that set. thing? The CD one. Oh, you got one the CD one? Oh, my God. I didn't God. get the, the vinyl one, but I have the CD one. Holy crap. Because at the time, I was buying two of the other original 45s that sent me back a few hundred bucks. It was either I get this, which I know. Right. 900 however there was if i forgot how many there was or i get these 500 limited yeah. to 500 no 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 it was limited to 1970 it was 1970 right uh copies because it, it was 1975 cool oh yeah that's stooge's um picture with iggy on the crowd back there that's the original one from the funhouse promo but it came with a reprint of that and um reprint i think down on the street 45 it's a, it was a nice set you know Henry i have Rollins that championing it yes he did a video he did an yeah. unboxing video with it you know i have the for record store day they re-released uh 1969 single nice. and i have that one which Very cool i mean it's yeah. i just i was like dude stooges i love ah, dudes, so. totally but now, um, the flip side of that is different than the original one though real know? cool time yeah. Yeah, cool the, the real cool time '69 Italian is like that, but the other one, the other 19. So you know your shit, man. Oh yeah, you know your shit. You know your, <laughs> this is why I wanted. This is why I wanted to do this with you because I knew you would just be so much more knowledgeable that I could talk to you, but that you could be like, oh, and then the Italian fucking. <laughs> And just know, man, like I that's what I appreciate about you. Truly. Oh man, it's really fun. Do. It's fun. Yeah. yeah. I put everything into whatever I'm into, you know, and it's like 
Before we get into our our uh, the meat of things, tell me quickly. Tell me about because you you know we're talking a little bit about the misfits here, and there is going to be obviously, folks. There's gonna we're gonna t- we're both misfits fans. Misfits will come up. This is a Stooges show. But right. There will be uh, other things that bleed into the the conversation. So you know, I know that Nick Nick has had some run-ins with Danzig and stuff. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that before we get into the rest of it? Tell, tell me oh my about God. this. So. Danzig, it was Lucifuge Tour, the the beginning leg of it here in Saratoga. So at that point, I had already I'd been into Misfits and Samane before Danzig became the band. So my friend called me and he's like, you're going to see this video, Twist the Cane, Twist the Cane. Danzig's got this new band. I'm like, Twist the Cane? I'm thinking like a cane. I'm like, well, I didn't realize it was Cain and Abel because I couldn't read it. So I'm like... Oh my God. So I saw the video. I'm like, I can't wait. And then they announced it the next day, you know, he was coming local original lineup. So I got all my friends together. We went down there. I posted some of the pictures on the site. So we're there. I think maybe two hours early. Cause you know, Saratoga winters, it's not there anymore. It's burned down, but you could sit and wait next to where the tour bus or where they get off and go in. So we're there, I'm, you know, I'm shaking. I'm like, this is Danzig. I'm, I'm going to meet Danzig right now. I'm like, I put up my whole heart and soul into this guy for the past, you know, six years, whatever it was at the time. So excited. I airbrushed a poster of him, you know, because I'm an artist too. So I, I airbrushed a picture of him, you know, his arms. I had all my shit to sign, unholy passion, a bunch of crap. So he gets out. No, first, uh, Erie gets out. So Erie, oops, oops. Sorry, lost shit. So Erie gets out, walks in. I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, Erie, Erie's, you know, he waves to us. Then uh, John Christ gets off, walks in, Chuck. So we're waiting. I'm like, when's Glenn getting out of the bus? So Glenn gets out of the bus. I'm like, holy fucking shit, right? I'm like, because, you know, you're a kid. I'm 19 years old. It's my idol in the flash who I've been staring at pictures of for 100 years. You know, so he gets out. I'm like, hey, man, hey, man. So go to shake his hand. And I know you've heard it before, but the clammy, cold handshake of death. All I could think of is shaking the Grim Reaper's hand. It was just what it was like. Cold, wet, cold, cold fish. Wow. Cold, Not a hard fish. handshake, but yep. whatever. Okay. I didn't give a shit. So I'm like, oh, my God, Glenn. I'm like, you know, I, I love your music. I love your music. I'm like, uh, can I, you know, can I get a picture with you before you go in there? He's like, it's got a fucking camera. I'm like, whoa, like right off the rip. I'm like, is this guy really going to friggin' burst my bubble right now? Because I've been waiting to see this guy, you know? I'm like, total jerk, right? So I'm like, yeah, right. So I handed Erie the camera, and I'm like, Erie, you came back out. He goes, you take a picture of me and Glenn? I go, this is what you do. He's like, man, I'm a photographer. I'm like, all right. It was just like a one of the snap old-style cameras. I wasn't thinking. I didn't even know he was a photographer at the time. So he took a couple pictures, Then I and I go, you mind if I ask you? some stuff you know about um you know the misfits or whatever it's like no i don't talk about that i'm like all right i'm like ouch fan i'm like of course the seminal question what's 138 mean find that shit out by yourself i'm like are you kidding me i was like so crushed so anyways took pictures with him and, and chuck and um eerie never got to meet john the show was completely to see that first tour show was, yeah, yeah 
I bet. They, I think they did death in it in its arms too. Because I remember, Shut, I remember oh my hearing God. it. Shut on, up on the the home video, right? Those few notes of it. I'm like, what is that song? I go, it's not on the albums. You know, I don't know what it is. Later came out on a, a bootleg 45 that I had, but they played that. They played, you know, the whole first album and some of the some of Lucifuge. I think just about all Lucifuge. It was, it was the beginning of that. They just the first tour I think was Soundgarden in the city with with Danzig took them on tour, but this was with Trouble. They were also on uh, Deaf Jam, Deaf American, Rick Rubin. I don't know if you've heard of Trouble. They're kind of like a harder Zeppelin kind of band. Okay, really good band, really sludgy type thing. So anyway, so after the show, I go, I got to go back to him. You know, he signed my other stuff. He's sitting on the bus, really different, really cool. After that, talked to everybody. Loose, super loose, super nice. It's almost like, you know, before Iggy goes on a show, he's all hemmed up, jumping around, boxing backstage. You see him get all ready, boom, boom, boom. Goes is he? Out is there. that what he's like? Oh yeah, totally. I don't know. You know, th- see now you are. I, I. This is the. This is the stuff I don't know right. about. I, right, I do right. know that there is a dichotomy. There is a. There is. There's Jim Oster. There's Jim Osterberg, right. and then there's Iggy Pop, <laughs> nice right? Solani guy. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, yeah. yeah, so he he gets, you know, he's outside at backstage pumping crazy. When he goes out, it's, you know, you don't want to say it's possession, but something takes over you. It you know, is, I, man. It I so it is. In a tribute, Misfits tribute. So anyway, I know that feeling when you go on stage, you become something. You pull something from somewhere. If you're a person yeah. who can feel yeah. and throw the music back, you, you it's, it's totally. something. but. He becomes that total lunatic when he's the most articulate, intelligent, you know, guy you ever want to talk to, Iggy. So, you know, it's a great I, example of that. Super quick. Great example of that is uh, you're going to know the name. I don't know the name. It's I think it's Paris in 1991, that live show. Yes. Kiss My where, Blood. Kiss My name. Blood. Thank yep. you. That's what I meant to say. When they opens up with raw power. Oh, my and he's God. just like. Come on, you motherfuckers! And he's just like, great. yeah, you just feel, yes, feel his energy as it's like it's just unbelievable. Oh, he's like pumping himself up, thick. Oh, and throwing the mic stand around and just yeah, he goes, crazy. God damn it! And then he like flips the thing. <laughs> <laughs> he's so awesome. crazy. He don't care. Ron said so many times he was hit by Iggy's mic, just Iggy's. Yeah, like, he's not. He's just in that bubble. Whatever's around right. him is going to be destroyed. Have you heard right. of Henry Rollins talk about Iggy before? Have you ever seen that uh, video? The, one of the best Henry ever. Rollins stories ever, ever. ever. When it's he kicks the cures plants down and everything. Yes, yes. When he talks about trying to show up, oh it, Henry Rollins. If anybody doesn't, lo- lo- I love Henry Rollins and I love his spoken word. And he tells the story about how Iggy Pop is the true king of rock and roll and mm-hmm. basically the the, uh, the gist of the story is go watch i'm not about to do it any justice go watch it it's on youtube go the watch the because it's it's all about henry rollins storytelling which is like just phenomenal even if goes, you didn't know iggy and you heard somebody right. telling that story it's phenomenal right it's a phenomenal story and he just basically is like oh you know i'm a guy from black flag i'm gonna like you know show iggy a one-two punch and like <laughs> he's just like every time he tries to upstage iggy and this is in the 90s amazing henry rollins is like a man of you know late 20s early 30s and, right and iggy's in his 50s yeah yeah late 40s 50s yeah 
Yeah, and course. just like yeah. running circles around Henry Rollins, and the like, it just the story. It's told in three parts on YouTube. I don't know if that maybe those videos got deleted. It's about thirty minutes. You got to link that down below. After I, I will, I'll find it. Great, I'll find but it. But what getting... the point I was getting yeah, ahead, to was like, you know, uh, you know, Danzig didn't show that, cri- but in another way, I think maybe he's gearing up for the show, right? Danzig in his own way. He was putting on some sort of thing because after like he blew his provincial load, so to speak, he was super right. nice, relaxed dude when he got off stage. Right. You know, could be a coincidence, could be, but it could be that too, you know. But we've all heard how he is, you know. If you mention you know the what, misfits man? back then, he'll throw you in the fire like Ricky Rackman on MTV, you know. <laughs> yeah, but you want to know something too? I think that, you know, I I, I want this is a generalized statement about all musicians in general that like you know again you said even for a misfits tribute like before you go on stage or at least for some people especially if you're performing in front of a large crowd and there's pressure and you've been traveling all day or you're you know what or you're trying to keep up a persona and it's like once you get all that stuff out all of a sudden it's like your guard gets let down and you know i then but then there's the reverse too where you have people that are like super friendly and like have all this energy before a show and then they perform the show. And then afterwards it's like, dude, just leave me alone. I got nothing. I got right. nothing for you. I left it all yep. on stage. So it's like, it's like when you catch a musician and they're kind of like, they're kind of being raw. I've been in that situation. I, I was in that situation with uh, the dude from the Necromantics. And really? I, was, I like that. Yeah. Band. I was supposed Good to, band. I was, I was invited by his management to interview him and he kind of like, he kind of snubbed me. And it wasn't until a couple months later when I was with the tour manager, when we were, I was in Europe and we was with this tour manager doing this, you know, as part of this thing. And he's like, well, you don't know. You just don't know what uh, a guy on a tour is going through. Cause he's, you know, it's like a tour, a road dog, this guy trying to like, you know, break it down. Yeah. For me, right. You know? So I, that I, I stopped taking it so personally, but I, when that's what I was thinking of when you were saying right. that story. Hold on real quick. I just yeah. want to go to the comments. I see we got Rue Morgue in the house saying Iggy is literally a nuclear H-bomb. We got <laughs> Chris Corkum. Welcome. Welcome to my channel, Chris. Uh, this is Nick. I'm Jeff. And and welcome. So glad you're here. Uh, we got Robbie Bloodshed in the house. Uh, he says, enjoying this conversation as I self-admittedly don't know that much about Iggy and man, Robbie, there's that you really there's like a whole world that you got to explore, man, because, you, you know, you will appreciate it. Uh, Robbie is a, a, a big misfits aficionado like us, but he also yes. loves Queen. He's a big guy. Nice. to Queen. Very cool. So, I, I, man, you got to check out the Stooges. We got uh, Jason Sullier. Sorry, I'm butchering your name. Saw the Stooges in 2007 and got on stage. Me nice. too. Me too. Got to do it. Chicago. Um, it was, uh, God, what was the name of the theater? It's Congress, the Congress theater where Danzig used to play all the time. I, I got on stage. The first time I tried to get on stage, I got my tooth knocked out. It was in 20, 2004. Nice. Was it no and fun and real cool? Yeah, time? he says, this isn't Nazi Germany. Everybody get on That's stage. The second great. time was 2007. I did get on stage. I did jump on Nicky Pop. I did Hell touch yeah. his leathery skin. I was this close <laughs> to Ron Ashton as he was like riffing. Nice. I was this close to Mike Watt as he's going, like like having an embolism what while is- he's playing. <laughs> He looks like a gorilla. He's like, 
Like he turns into he's, this caveman with the stooges. Yeah, total caveman. <laughs> total caveman when he's doing the thing with the stooges. It's hilarious. You know, <laughs> you know the nicest, speaking of like people that you meet though, I, I've met a lot of, you know, musicians, rock stars and stuff, but the nicest guy I ever met was Johnny Kelly from Typo. And, you know, he's friends. Yeah. With, good friends with Steve Danzig. Danzig yeah, 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 yeah. He's in Danzig. Super he's guy. He's in Danzig. So I was talking yeah. about Danzig. This is a typo show. So I was like, I was like, what's Dan? What's he like, man? And and I get the whole, you know, Glenn is Glenn, man. It's, you know, it's really all, really all <laughs> I can say, you know? <laughs> That's one way to put it. Super nice guy, though. Johnny Kelly. Peter um, Steele, too. Rest in peace, you know? Rest in peace. But to get back to Iggy for a second. So he, he, this guy, and this is what I think has endured, besides what the Stooges did, I think what, but people, I mean, that's why people, I mean, that's the first and foremost thing is like the Stooges and what the Stooges did. And we really need to talk about that in a second. But I think that what what makes Iggy, part of Iggy's thing is he's not really, Iggy is not a, I feel like there's a there's a difference between a singer and a vocalist. Would you oh, agree or disagree oh, with that? Oh, definitely. And there's a difference How between would you a define performer and a, and a vocalist. Very true. How would you man. define that? How would you define that, though? What is a difference between a singer and a vocalist? And and then how? where does front man and where does... Well, um, okay. I consider... Okay. Elvis had a great voice, but Elvis is a performer. Okay. The difference Good. is... Yeah. Valid. Yep. Yeah. Here's how I feel. If I'm listening to two cassettes and you, you hear both guys singing, two CDs, you hear both guys singing, and then you see them both in concert, the only way you really know if there's a performer is your, your eyes are on the person. They're doing something. If their mic was shut off and you watch them and they're enter entertaining, that's a good performer front man. You know? if, okay. If they have a great voice, you know, that's a plus. But like Iggy's albums are great. Love his voice and everything, but the Stooges and Iggy are meant to see live. They're they're the type of band. It's just a live band. It's you, right. You have would to you categorize him as a singer? Is he a singer or is he a yeah. vocalist? I um, I think he's a little of all of it, really. You know, he's a performer first, a singer second. You know, um, geez, see, I think of I, I, I think of him as a he's like a vocalist front man. Because, oh, he's a total front man. Well, you know, man well, yeah, he's a front man no matter what. For me, really, front man no That's matter not what. What I'm saying, you he's know, either no you what. sing and you bring something else to the table, or right. you just sing, or you can't sing and you dance around the stage. You know, I mean, that's that's yeah, really all this. You like. What about this? Ross the boss has yes. a band. Mm -hmm. it, it's it's Ross's band, but Ross has a singer. But that right. singer is not the front man of the band. He's just oh, the I singer. You're saying, and right. so I'm saying, like Iggy is the front man. Well, I mean, you could have a singer who's also the songwriter who's also the front man. I mean, it's all right. interchangeable. But when yeah. I think of Iggy, I think of Iggy in the same way I think of Henry Rollins. These guys sure. are not, and and Keith Morris for that matter. These right. guys are not singers. No, yeah, yeah. I know, I know what you're, I know what you're saying. You know what I mean? Yeah, I totally like, get that. They're, they're, um, they are. They are given singing duties, but they're not – people are not coming for their voices. Right. For the aesthetic – no, that's not true. They are coming for the aesthetics of the voice. I'm having a lot of trouble verbalizing what I'm trying to say. Right. They're coming there not for the classically trained vocal performance. They're coming there for – like a great example. You know Demented Argo, the Psycho Billy band? I don't. 
There's this guy, Sparky. Check him out. He's crazy. But he got a voice like this. Right, right. And it's a beautiful, gravelly voice. But you're not – he's not singing like Danzig. Danzig's a singer. Exactly. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. He's a a singer then in every sense of the word if you're you're putting it that way. You know? Right. But I would – I think of him as a vocalist is what I'm trying to say. Right, right, right. I get you. He's a beautiful so, voice and he's a great performer and he's just, he's, he's got the whole package. Usually it's one or the other. I see. Right. You know, if you can right. listen to him in a CD in your car and be just as entertained by seeing the show, you know, that's it. You know, it's like Elvis. I love El- listening to Elvis, but then to watch Elvis is a whole nother, you know, it's a whole nother thing. You're getting all your senses titillated, you know, whether right. some bands, I love this band. Then I go to seeing them and I don't like the band anymore because they're not what is in that package by the store and what you imagined. Right. Exactly. Gotcha. Well, what's what's interesting though, is that like people keep coming back for Iggy. And I think a part of it, a combination is obviously they want to hear the classics. Sure. They want to see the, there's an unpredictable element of Iggy. And you know what? The 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 shock rock sensationalism of Iggy differs than say someone like Gigi Allen, right. who's literally resorting to the lowest common denominator. Right. Like, I'm gonna I don't have to be have any kind of talent to right. poop on the stage and bleed right. everywhere. While right. Iggy, everything that Iggy does is based on emotion right. and like in the moment unpredictability. It's well, genuine, genuine. Yeah, it's a genuine expression of how he is feeling right at the time, as opposed to Gigi Allen, who's like, I'm going to take these laxatives before I even get on stage to make right. sure that I take the giant shit everywhere. It's premeditated in Gigi's case, I feel, where Iggy's, what's coming out of him is spur of the moment. Right. He's, he's like, here's right a drumstick. Right. Mm, mm, right. Mm. You or know, like, like seen the, the Delta pop festival footage from, from the late 60s where he, he Legendary. looks like he throws himself on the floor with the mic. And like later he did an interview about that. And he's like, wow, why did you? He's like, well, I the, the audience wasn't giving me the tension I wanted. So I threw a tantrum like a child. That's what that move was. Throwing right. myself on. You know, he went to the audience if he couldn't get anything back. Because you remember then audiences were seated. There wasn't people right. standing up there. Hippie times. The Stooges, you had nothing like that then. That was hippie. Yeah, that we need to love- go back. Power. We need to go back in time. Let's take you know? a time machine. We're going to go back. We're going back in time to a time before punk rock, before heavy metal. You have let's set the let's set the time now. Now people will point out in both like in very nerdy sort of manuf- matter of fact kind of ways and go. Well, actually, you did have the Sonics. You did right. have the Seeds. You did have Garage rock happening which i guess was the counterculture music sure however however you did not have there was not there was um i don't know how to put this i'm trying to think of i'm, I'm doing this all off the top of my head that you're at you're basically at a time where there's a lot of hippie shit still going on right it's, oh, it's pop it's beatles it's the um the counterculture revolution is about um, uh, expanding your mind through, sure. uh, long, you know, in, indulgent. You hear this narrative all the time: long, indulgent, vers- virtuoso guitar solos, and the uh. the pop song. Uh, the pop song has been pulled and stretched 
so long that it's unrecognizable. It's no longer the three set third three minute. She loves you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It's now this this amorphous thing with all these parts and solos and. You know, one so thing I didn't it. know, Jeff, uh, yeah. talking that a lot of those bands in the late '60s, British invasion stuff. What you heard on the album wasn't like the monkeys that wasn't them on the albums there were session players for a right. lot of those bands you know some of them yes it was a lot of this which is why the beatles were so amazing right which is I, why I the, beatles the beatles were so the amazing stones, of yeah. course yeah. Yeah. Beatles, stones, and the all stones that. too right and the stooges were experimenting with all that drug acid type stuff then but it was coming out of them in a different way they right. weren't trained as musicians. So what's the famous started... line, Nick, that he says that when he talks, he talks about it in the interview you did. Uh, Nick has had the privilege and pleasure of interviewing the Stooges, oh God, being in amazing. the same room, which we're not going to talk about today, but is something we right. have to talk about at some point. Um, oh, for but sure. you, you, you asked him a question or someone, one of the three of you asked him a question. And he gave the, you know, it's not like, uh, you know, it, it's kind of a manic manicured answer that he's had to answer a thousand times over, but it's the truth. He talks about how they're not thinking in terms of like, I want to bring punk. I want to make punk rock. Right. They're like, I wanted to bring the blues to teenagers. I exactly. wanted to do jazz uh, you know, right. bring all these elements, these elements that were outside of pop music and sort of go back in time. But he says this, this quote, and I wish I had it off. I'm saying this off the top of my head. It was something like, I wanted to bring the blues to like white teenagers in yes. the suburbs. And I'll tell you where all that, what all that happened from was, as you know, before the Stooges, he was a drummer before he yep. became yep. A, a vocalist. A so, phenomenal drummer oh, uh, from what I understand. Drummer. And the yeah. Iguanas, the prime movers. So, what right. he did was at that point, late sixties, between then and the studios, he went to Chicago and he was like, I'm gonna if I'm gonna be a Paul drummer. Paul band. Right. If I'm gonna be a real drummer, I'm gonna go to Chicago and learn from the black drummers and the black musicians. So he went there and he played with some pretty big names. And what happened was he said to himself, Okay, well. I can never play with these guys. It's part of, it's like honey coming off their, their, their fingertips, the way they play. It's like ingrained in who they are, their genes genetically. So he said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go back to, to Ann Arbor. I'm going to go back right. to, you know, Detroit area, get these guys. And I'm going to do my own version of that. What these black guys are doing, but how I see it. And I'm going to take everything I learned here bring it and put it through them for the the audience the white audience or whatever audience he was you know wanted to perform for so that was exactly it he he wanted to bring all that and he they were looking for the fringe they they weren't right. playing to the guys who were you know the hippie type that was you know intellectually whatever he wanted the right. friends you wanted the the outside people these are the people that were going to understand this music it's as bass as can be you got to remember that first yeah. album they were told to create those songs before that they weren't playing any of those songs 
right. as you may know. They're From playing, 1967 to 1968 right. or 69, yep. Late, it right. was so super avant-garde and cr- like weird. And Big Harry Parch, Sun Ra, the, these type of guys, they made instruments out of vacuum Sun cleaners. Yep. He put a mic in a blender. Right, mic in the blender, first the, shot. Uh, golf Vaseline shoes. on the face. All that. Golf shoes and, and uh, contact paper and microphone, dancing on them. Yeah. Scott Ash and the drummer had kettles. You know, they spray yep. painted a lot of dirty words and shit. And he played them with hammers. It was it was like that. It was a whole they straight get up all, avant-garde. Yeah. Avant-garde on acid weed and just went to town with it. Their first show right. was on Halloween, too. Just oh, I did not know that. In 67? Yeah. Yes, in at a, a little party at, at a frat house. So you have to imagine kids, guys, people. Th- th- imagine this. What else is happening in 1967? A few months earlier. Sergeant Pepper, the pinnacle of what is going to be of, of pop at this time of like what this of what music has been building towards for the last like, you know, 10 years, really, you right. know, it culminates. And all of a sudden, the counterculture at the same time in 1967 is is happening, too, because you have you have the Velvet Underground, you have the MC5 and you have Iggy and the Stooges all in their like very early stages gestating and formulating and they are the reaction to the reaction because here's the thing about those garage bands i mentioned what are the garage bands for them the garage bands are still doing even though their music is raw and dirty and rough and wonderful and just like amazing they're still kind of in the same mold as a band like the beatles or anything else you know sure. they're still in that sort of paradigm Right. These these bands, the MC5, C5. The, the Stooges yep. and the Velvet Underground are the like they are the not, underground of the time. Yeah, the, yeah. the underground. They are doing the they're not trying to chase the puck. That's what it is. The right. garage bands are chasing the puck that's already been established. And those exactly. guys are like, no, we're going to like do our own thing. And if you really want to trace it. The next thing that pops up that really refines what's happening, because all that stuff is considered to be proto-punk. Right. And what proto-punk means, it's punk music before it has a punk attitude or a punk aesthetic of some kind that would come in the next 10 years. But it was established at a time before there was a word for it. So they call it proto-punk. It ended up being the template for the bands that came after, soon after. Right. And the next fo- the next phase of that would be like the New York Dolls, right? Would immediately come right after that. Yep. But what's interesting is this is what I really wanted to pull from what you said because you said it so well. How they played and they like that it came like honey from their fingers, and he realized he was never going to be able to run with them because he could never soar to such heights. But there's one other element that comes into the picture, and that is he sees Jim Morrison in the Doors. Yes. And he sees this guy walking around in leather pants without his shirt on. Yeah. And, you know, the doors are not punk, even no. though the, we inherited the neutron bomb, which is in the L.A. punk story, mm-hmm. actually begins with the doors. It does not begin with the Stooges. The, that's it's, the it's, Please Kill Me yeah. of the West. Oh, yeah, that too. Yes, that, that too. That it's book. in Please Kill Me as well because yeah, of Electra. Yeah, neutron right. bomb book you're talking about with the germs and all the yeah, L.A. Yeah, that's the people. West Coast Please that's Kill Me. That's what I consider it. Right. No, you're super right about that. And what you have is – so you have Iggy is – you know, as he puts it, I'm, I'm quoting Iggy. Iggy's like, I was humping some girl 
while I was watching Jim Morrison. I couldn't take my eyes off of Jim and his magnetism and stuff. So he's taking that and everything he learned as a drummer playing with the Paul Butterfield Blues Band in Chicago. And and this is what happens. And Nick, I'm sure you can, you know what, you, you could relate to this well or, or understand this concept. It's a phenomenal concept. This is the concept of all creativity. What ha- It doesn't matter what it is, what, no matter what kind of music, no matter what kind of film or art or anything, person witnesses and sees thing that, that connects with their taste mm-hmm. and aesthetic that they aspire to and then tries to do it themselves. But when they, when it goes through their filter, right, it turns into something completely different. You know who the master of that is? Is Bowie? It was the master of that. He, I would say yes. Bowie was the master of that. But you know what my favorite everywhere. example is? Yes, What's that? You, my favorite example is the Ramones. Ramones, because the Ramones yes. are like we love the Stooges, but we're trying to write like. I, I want to write Beach Boys. Yeah. <laughs> like what? Wait, Sheena is a punk rocker. That's punk Great. rock, right? No, no, oh, no, says Joey Ramone. That's a Beach Boys song. Yeah. It's a Beach Boys sped up. The Beach right. Boys are one of my favorite bands, too, of all time. Love the Beach the Boys. But Excellent show, too. So now, yeah. Did you see the 2012 yeah. reunion? Yes. It was a fantastic. Yeah. Here I saw Pat, them at the Westchester uh, County Center. It was awesome. Amazing show. Awesome, awesome uh, show. But and what a treat. Um, uh, but like, so you have all these different elements. You have the doors who are, who, who really are just like, you know, whatever the American rock and roll, you know? Right. And, and, you know, the, the Beatles are British, right? So the Beatles right. are huge, but they're a British band. What other big American bands were there? There was the beach boys. Yeah. There was the doors. Yeah. There was Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So People like the forget doors. before that, all before Elvis, all there was was Frank Sinatra. That was the closest right. thing to rock and roll you had. You gotta remember right. rock and roll was still in its early birth pangs in the in the 60s that time. It only had come out 50, what 55? It wasn't, like even that. Ten, it wasn't that. 10 years old. It wasn't right. even 10 years old. Right. So it's this brand new thing. And then what happens is that it gets so unwieldy and so un like like it's unrecognizable by the end of the 60s. And so if there is a and this I talked about this in the group because people were like People were mad about like stuff Glenn Danzig was saying. And I just kind of rolled my eyes at it because I go like, dude, punk rock is happening all the time. Right. The first rock and roll is punk rock. Sure. Oh, yeah. All punk rock is, is the counterculture reaction to whatever is happening at the time. And they found a term for it in the 70s. They called it punk. Totally. It happened in the 90s with freaking grunge or whatever, you know. It happened, you know, it keeps happening. And you know where it's happening now? And people will probably hate me for saying this. Rap. Now you have all these SoundCloud rappers making music yep. in their bedroom that that's we all most, hate and find right. it unre- un- unlistenable. But it's like, that's punk that's rock. That's what right it now. is. It that's is. punk rock. Since you know? Elvis first shook his hips. I mean, it's been right. every generation without a label, like you say. Uh, going against the grain, doing the counterculture yep. thing. And, and another, so, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, you go ahead. You go ahead. What were you another say? thing I was going to mention about the doors thing that Iggy pulled from that. When he first saw Jim Morrison come out, he's, yeah. the first time he saw him, he said he was really quiet. He was this Dionysian looking man yes. with the curly hair. Dionysian. And his voice wasn't really like you get at the albums, it was more of a high pitched 
kind of voice, but he he's was doing like, a baby voice, right? Right. And yeah. what he did, he pissed people he off, pissed off everybody's yeah. all the girls' boyfriends, all the girls <laughs> like them. And when he saw that, he knew he was going to take that. That that's something you're causing right. something in somebody. What I feel good music is is. If you get any kind of emotion that's a super strong emotion from it, in some way, that's good music. Like any publicity is is good publicity. You know what I mean? Any anything part, that yeah. gives me a strong emotion, if I don't like it right away, I'll give it a second shot. And Iggy saw that and and Morrison and, and took that further. You know, took that a step further. The FD, right. I was just uh, I don't know if you saw on the page that he was gonna sing. Uh, for the doors you, you've heard that they they wanted him to be the second singer well, for the doors. Well, hold on you're, you're you're blowing my mind right now because i always thought he was just trying to do a band with ray you're no. telling me that after jim died they were yes. like let's iggy to replace this wasn't him. the night city band thing that Holy at first they crap. asked him and iggy's response was that's grotesque i'm not going to emulate a dead man was was what wow. he had said Mad so respect. later on you know, after the Stooges broke up and everything, he, right. you know, he did that stuff with Ray Manzarek and there's a cassette of that floating around, which is this I guy. I the Holy it. Grail, right? God. Holy Grail. It's like Night of Living Dead video. You know what I mean? Yeah. We, somebody's got it. Let, yep. Let, you owe history. You owe history, buddy. You know what I mean? Why aren't you showing that? You're going to sit on it till you die? You know what? You know what? Here's my counter argument. I I 100% agree with you. And as a fan, I want to see it. However, I also understand, you know, whether, listen, whether for the public good, it should be shown no matter what. Yeah. There are still people, if it's in their possession and they own it and it's their property and they want to make a buck off of it, they're trying to make a buck off of it. And they can't. If they release See? it into the ether and listen, hold on. I'm not saying I am so not saying that it should not be out there. I think it should. No, but there are some people that like, you know. OK, they, but if somebody's had this tape since 1974, I right, they're not doing to anything make a buck. They, they would have done it. Make it already. You're right. No, abs. You are absolutely right about that. You know? And it's just a shame that it's not out. When there. the reunion came out, bang! Iggy's huge right now. I'm going to get that tape and make some money. Didn't happen. You know what I mean? The, the Especially now that Ray's passed away. Holy right. crap! I mean, right. Another moment that could have been capitalized on. You know, if he was after money. You know. Totally. It's totally. like people are like maybe he doesn't really have it. Then maybe it's snapped. Maybe he just has a picture of it. And on the other side is a. It's a doll show that's never been released too. So that's another really? thing people are after. Yeah. Yeah. How early is that doll show? How is it's that, that on the time. same tape? 70 that's so weird. Five like that, probably. Wow. Five around there. Yeah. Wow. So now now why do all right. So like so so now like the thesis statement to like bring it back around, like what the theme of this particular show, all the stuff we're talking about. So that like basically, and again. For those of you who are not familiar, like Robbie, you say you're not that familiar with Iggy the Just Here's what you have. Here's what I try to tell, suggest to everybody. And Nick, you let me know if you agree with this or not. Where you'd start? Is that what you're going to say? It's not even where you would start. It's like there are two points of reference that you really need to understand what the Stooges did and how they changed music forever up until that point. The first is imagine the year 1970 Think about all the bands that were around in 1970 
Like think about all the bands that were either just forming, like you had Led Zeppelin was just starting to, you know, cook. Yeah. Um, Black Sabbath is just coming into, uh, you know, into being, they're not calling themselves earth anymore. They're calling themselves right. Black Sabbath. You know, um, you have the Beatles are breaking up. Like it's this, it's this pivotal, this pivotal moment 1970 and then listen to a song you think about like everything jimmy hendrix is still out like yeah there's all this stuff that the doors are at the height of their powers uh i think janice joplin is still alive like all this stuff is happening and then listen to down on the street by the stooges and might as well be for another planet you know you you go you go that is that is what they were making in 1970 and it's straight up punk rock and you go timeless holy fucking shit right what is this exactly what is this you know and you could put it on in any decade and say that song just came out and it would sound like it just came out that's the other thing the timelessness of it and there's no references to anything modern so it's like right it could have been from any time you know and right you know, and there's no back, music. Go man. ahead. Go. No, no, you go ahead. You go ahead first. Well, I was just, I was going to say, you look back and people say, oh, punk rock, punk rock. But you, you got it. Those albums were deconstructed rock and roll put back t- together again with, right. you know, Funhouse is, is really rock jazz fusion. I, I think it is. The, you well, know, they all have a different flavor, you know, to the LA all blues punk rock is. attitude. Definitely. You know what I'm saying? But yes, each album is is a is a, a whole capsule of different influences where a lot of bands you hear one record, you've heard them all. You know, it, it's right. different. Even in Iggy's solo career, it's completely like that, <laughs> you know, all over the place, all over the place. You know? But but you listen to that and you go, that was being made in 1970 and you go that right there is like that is the birth of that's the birth of everything is that you know in that and you know you know well what about i want to be your dog i'm like yeah but like it's not like you listen to i want to be your dog on the album versus like hearing it played live right it sounds a lot tamer it's not dangerous it the the first stooges album is not dangerous no and it was fun too, right. Also, you know, Funhouse is dangerous. That's 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 my favorite album. It's Fun dangerous, House. man. You listen totally. to a song like Dirt, right? Like, this is a seven-minute song, and he's singing about feeling like dirt, and he don't care. It's and best. it's the blues. Yeah. It's the blues, but it's also it's also like this idea, like this is literally like everything that the Ramones are going to do in a couple of years. It's like exactly. all this, you know. Exactly. And you could go, well, what about, what about the Beatles? You know, help. I'm a loser. Babies mm-hmm. in black. Yeah. You know, like, it's not like the, the, the doors did. I mean, the Stooges didn't invent this thing, but right. they brought, they brought this primal stripped down energy. Right. Back, it's the energy. It is. You know, it's and energy. it's live. They recorded this thing live in That's the studio. Not hardly any bands had done that up to that point that I, that I even know of played that live like that with very very few you know overdubbed guitar tracks right very few yeah it's it's really and then the final the final song isn't so much of a song as it is a cacophony of right. chaos freak out they call it uh, freak out. yeah a freak out and you just go you just go like what rock band is doing 
a freak out. Not, like, not even the Beatles. <laughs> maybe the Beatles are kind of doing that. I guess, you know, you know, the Beatles can be very avant-garde. Oh, for sure. Themselves. But it's just, you look at France, you go, wow, that was 1970. And then you look at 1973 and a song comes out and Jack Rabbit from Big Takeover magazine, he wrote an article that I have, I should really find the article and reread it. And basically what it is, what he says, like, if you want to throw a dart on the bulletin board of like when punk rock officially begins, like the sound, the like the first modern sound of punk rock is yes. I Gotta Write. That oh, version. Yeah. There's what there's it, there's a few versions right. of I Gotta Write, but there's the I don't know what it is. You you probably know better than me. That there's one version that's really dirty and it's yeah. just like yeah. Oh yeah, mm. so Olympic Studios is the the one that I know what you mean. There's 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 actually a CD that has like seven or eight versions he- of Heavy that. Liquid. Is it called? No, it's just it's an I got it's called I Got It Right. It's by Bomp, and it was just like an EP wow. forty five, and it's got I don't know five or six versions on it. Yeah, but that song is definitely that riff. That's the bullseye the, of it. Yeah, that's the bullseye, like and. So these two defining, and then you have all these things, you know, I would say those are like two giant holes at, that being punched through the wall. And then you have like all these other things that are happening at the same time. You have the dolls are coming up. Right. You have the, you know, you have all these other things that are sort of formulating and happening, but it's these two moments that really are yep. pinnacle in, and that's why, you know, I, I, last episode, someone asked me a question and I'm very curious to hear your take on this. Uh, I think they're a very interesting band, but I think there's been a little bit of revisionist history in terms of of, of pronouncing death as yeah. the sort of like founder of punk rock. Mm-hmm. And I would say it's more of like an isolated incident. Of I think it's more the idea people, you know? of, yeah. of that, finding something no one's ever heard. Hey, look, right. these, are, these are black guys doing punk rock, which is in itself, you know, little outside bit of the norm it's outside uh, of the, the norm, norm. Yeah. netflix whoever puts this thing on there oh look at look at this gem of a thing i mean it's good but i i wouldn't i definitely like i agree with what you're saying totally i, I don't the reason why i call it, i say that it's isolated is because it it doesn't it didn't influence the right. music that came after the way right. these two books it was and you heard it I got it right. Like, boom, right. those two things. And when everybody heard that, that changed everything. And then really you have, to, you know, they, they trace back the Stooges, the Stooges lineage. You go, you have the Sex Pistols who literally were the Nirvana of punk rock, right? Like right. they just sort of blew up everything. Right. Made it an international household name. Well, that was and his you have the band, Ramones. You know, uh, Cobain's favorite band was the Stooges. So was the Ramones, yep. and so was the the Sex Pistols. All three of these bands yep. were into uh, the Stooges, and mm-hmm. so the, you look at who the Ramones influenced. Because the Ramones, I don't know if you'll agree or disagree with this statement. I'm going to make it anyway. The Ramones, next to the Beatles, might be the most influential band of all time. I mean, they are They're up so there. incredibly influential. I would say even more so than the Stooges, They're if I'm being there. honest. I mean, they there. are just like, I mean, you, they literally, they, 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 their, their sphere of influence right. spread to every conceivable mu- music imaginable. Well, and all those, those guys, New York punk bands, 
you, you got to remember, punk then wasn't one sound like it is today. You think of punk, right? The fetch. Those true. were all art bands, art, basically art people from New York. Right. You know, you had the Velvet Underground, you had Blondie, which was absolutely right. nothing like television. Punk rock. Television. You had all these other, you know, bands that. Heartbreakers. Have you seen Ivan Ivan Kraus, the Voidoids? Have you seen Ivan Kraus footage of CBGB back then? It's really um, nice uh, package they put together. I did not footage. see his. I don't know if I've seen his footage. I might have seen it floating around on YouTube. But Ivan yeah. Crawl, you mean the guitarist that right. Figgy, right? Figgy, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's great on, on Party and Soldier, man. Yeah. Good albums, oh, for sure. I yeah, that was really good, dude. For sure, he was great. He was documented so much back then. It's about it's a good hour and a half, but he is so much. I'll check it out. He has I didn't know he was a filming stuff. Oh yeah, that one snippet. Of the Stooges on stage in 73, that's black and white, is his footage, too. That's at Max's? Iggy's really, you could tell he's really doped up bad singing in the crowds around him. I think I think it might be at Max's. Because then, because uh, the you know Louis who's... Auditorium, one, one of those two, but... Because you know what happens. Like, the, the, they play Max's, the, the dictators are in the crowd. Then the dictators start a band in 73, just as, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, they, that's right. how... You know, so even even with me saying what I said about the Ramones, that doesn't happen without the Stooges. So the Stooges right. are this like linchpin catalyst of yeah, they're, they're they are such a catalyst, and that's right. why that's why we have that's why that that that's how we're setting the precedent for this ongoing conversation about right. the Stooges and Iggy and why they are so important. And it took so years. It, it took years for them to get their due. Right, years. Right, the biggest sleeper years. band ever. You know what I mean? It's crazy. Right. It, it it really is, and it's it's nice to see Iggy get this type of recognition, even at this age. You know, he's lived out his life comfortably since the reunion. Before that, I mean, during the eighties, you know, he was living on the street a lot in people's apartments. He didn't have any money. You know, in the he, early eighties, in eighty one, yeah. eighty two, he was yep. flopping around bad. like a fish. Eighties, so bad that that Arista time period, right? The, the Arista, Arista era, right? And you know, and you know, what's funny? What's going on, Winston? Um, you know, what's funny? The no matter what happened in his life, he always found a way to put out albums. Like oh, there is definitely. like no holes in his. Like there's a few wishy-washy periods like the mid 70s before he links up with bowie is like a right. weird time and right. then the early 80s is kind of a weird time but he always consistently has put out albums and i'll never forget he releases i'm going to butcher this the french thing that he did in not the follow-up après, uh, après. Uh, the one before yeah yeah with, with Olymp- the king of the dogs on yes king of the dogs That's is what i was going to reference That's it's a phenomenal song, song yeah but i thought it was at the time it was 40 years. He had been around for 40 years. Right. In 2009. Yeah. 40 fucking years. Can you believe and he it? writes a song called King of the Dogs, or he so. does a song called King of the Dogs, <laughs> which is such a far cry book ending with I want to be your dog. Right. So now I'm Very King true. of the Dogs. That didn't right? dawn on me. That's a well way to put good right. way to put I, that. I just love that you referenced that was the song I was going to write. Oh, yeah. The, that's the King so, of the that's Dogs. That's the highlight of that album. Uh, I like the first. The opening track is so beautiful. Oh yeah, is the Michelle the the Beatles Michelle's on that one too? I believe. Oh, Michelle. does he do? I oh, I didn't realize that he that that, that yeah, is on there. Yeah, French. Yeah, because the Beatles, you know, it's sung in French too by the Beatles, but that's on there also. 
Yeah. And I'll tell you this too. I mean, and that's the thing about Iggy is that just when you think like he out, he's outlived everybody. Yeah. And just when you think like, okay, that's it. He's done. He goes, it's like he, 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 he releases a new album in 2016, which to me is the, not only the highlight of his, I mean, probably one of the oh biggest highlights of his solo career. It's the but third like the, Berlin album. I think. Yes. I depression dude totally agree with you. And when they did, when he did those live dates, great shows. That, that was the, 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 those songs all work together. So good. The, the um the lust for life, the idiot, and post pop depression. So good. And repo man, and that was it. Like he did all those. We know, owe Josh Homme a lot for that. Yes, know? I'm very grateful to him for what he. And you know, I'm I'm sad that they didn't do a follow up. Instead, Iggy has done a new album. Yeah, I thought I really thought it was going to be. I thought Post Pop would be his final album. I was like, "That's it, it's done." And he releases a new album called Free. He never stops. Free to me is kind of like Danzig's Elvis album. It's a letter for to himself from Mm. himself type Mm. thing. That's how how I see it, you know. And it's a spoken word, really. I mean, there's songs on there, but I consider it kind of spoken word. It is spoken word. You know what I mean? It's very um, avant garde. It's very. uh, it, it's experimental, almost kind of like Avenue B was a little experimental, right. you know, yeah, yeah. Um, an acquired taste, if you will. And it's like, you know, it's it's just amazing that like I, you never you, you, he's never down out. And the thing about Iggy Pop, what makes Iggy Pop part of what makes Iggy Pop so so indestructible is that it's like it's always just all Iggy needs is a band behind him and he can go out and be Iggy pop. No matter what happens, he does that. He goes out and he just always, he puts a band together. Boom. I'm Iggy pop. And he does his Iggy pop thing. And we'll go more in depth into some of the stuff in the future. We're going to land this airplane um, now, but this, I, first of all, I want to thank you so much for, um, for coming on and well, not coming on for being a part of this and doing my this pleasure, thing. Jeff, my pleasure. I think this could be a really fun uh, exploration of, of so many things. Yes. Yeah. We have and a lot of similar interests. Yes, we know? do. And there's a lot, there's so much ground to cover, but the thing to remember is the two, again, Iggy was there at the beginning and yes. here he is, all these like he's the last man standing. He and is. as as we've as we've talked about, and when I spoke to Pete Marshall, I was like, you gotta confirm the story. Is it true? Did he really climb the scaffolding and said you cannot kill Iggy Pop? <laughs> Iggy Pop and then the you sent story. me that, you sent me the photos. I'd never seen the photos. You know, I oh. wish so much out of anything to been a fly in that wall when Iggy and Glenn met that story he was telling. Uh, was that okay? So for those of you who are unaware, I had Pete Damian Marshall from Sam Hain on my show. Uh, Pete and I go back some ways. He was I had interviewed him many years prior, and so he came on the show. And you know, most people know him from Sam Hain, but what some people don't realize is that he was also Iggy's guitarist for, yeah. for eight years. Yeah. Played on a whole bunch of albums, wrote Avenue songs. Avenue B, Skullring, he was on a lot yep. of them. Yep. Naughty, I don't think he was on Naughty Little Dog. No. He came in right no. around that time. He's yeah. on Mask. No, not yeah. Mask. What is it? Beat Him Up. Beat, beat him, up. him Up. Avenue B, and Beat Him Up, Skullring. He wrote Blood on Your Cool, one of my yep. favorite. That's a great Iggy one. Solo. Great song. Great song. Um, and so, and so 
you know, he was around, there was this whole thing he was explaining, you know, cause I asked him, I was like, you know, he was, t- or he was telling me about how Glenn and the guys in Sam Hain came by backstage at an Iggy show to ask Damien Pete to come back and do the Sam Hain reunion. And that like Iggy and Glenn were backstage together. So crazy. So crazy. And, and, you know, Glenn reveres Iggy on some level oh, because he yes. gave the forward and used to, they used to think that the misfits have covered. There's a recording of, oh I got to write somewhere that we'll never get to hear. Uh, maybe Glenn we will. Played, Who knows? Played, I want to be your dog on his guitar all the time early on. Right. He was saying that interview and right. he mentions the raw power and, um, the Steve Jones uh, podcast. I'll, I'll, I'm gonna yes, do like that album. Yes, I, that's I, a would, great I thought he was in a safe fun house because it's funny. I I seen this uh, thing in an old magazine one time. It says, "If you like this album, you'll like this album." Kind of thing. And it was, "If you like right. the first Danzig, you'll love Fun House." And I'm like, yeah, "That kind of you know, that's that was it was funny that those two went together." But yeah. they both share. They're both two albums you can listen to front to back, no problem. Without easy the song, you know, easy, easy, especially I man, Funhouse is, you know, there are records where it's like you, you don't listen to one song. You got to you start the album at the beginning and you listen all the way through to the end. And that is Funhouse. And I can listen to any one of those Stooges records. Top oh, man. Bottom, no totally. problem. I can listen totally. to We Will Fall. Put on We Will Fall. I'll listen to that whole fucking thing. Mumra, Shumra, whatever, you know. You want to talk about um, smoking a, a, to a song? That, <laughs> that would be the one if you're into that sort of thing. <laughs> um, it's actually a really, you know, it's a really interesting song that never gets talked about. The crescendo and like the buildup of Anne and, and the power. Oh, my God. You know, the way it yes. like. And then it goes all psychedelic with his guitar. He's got a really weird guitar sound, uh, yeah. Ron, on that album. It's he does really too. weird. You know? Dave wrote that, the lyrics to that uh, We Will Fall because he was into all that tantric right. stuff Do at the time. Not. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a Sun, weird God, song. God, and all that stuff, yeah. And, and, you know, and, the, and the thing, too, is, like, why does Iggy perform without a shirt? And he explains this in various books, but it's, as you said – Iggy believes in the Dionysian principle, like the Bacchanal, like, like, you know, Bacchanal worship where, you know, uh, being like an, he wants to be like an Egyptian Pharaoh. pharaoh. Yes. Like, you know, he, he doesn't need any, you know, he doesn't have any tattoos. He doesn't have any piercings. He is just, he's just true to his natural form, who he is. One of a kind. One of a kind, just got to make sure my junk is covered. And half the time my junk comes out anyway, Right. you know, like, like or on purpose, you know, or on purpose, you know, putting it through, whipping his junk out on, on, on amplifiers and then watching it vibrate, crazy. flaccidly, flaccidly crazy, vibrating right? on, 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 you know, he plays um, guitar like that with his pants down. And yes. And blood. blood on, uh, blood on your, whatever. Yeah. Like um, the, the kiss my blood Paris, uh, which is so bizarre. That is, that's the, my favorite part of the show besides that raw power is the fact that like, you never see Iggy. The only time you see Iggy with the guitar is like for like candy and it's like an acoustic or right. till wrong till wrong feels right. That's an Iggy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Avenue B. He did a lot of acoustic live. Oh, I didn't album. know that. Okay. Cause so, a lot of that's acoustic. So what what's but what's fascinating is you watch this you watch this live concert in France and there is Iggy and he seems to actually know how to play guitar because you always yeah. wonder like can he play guitar does he actually he know? claims he wrote 
a lot of the songs on Funhouse. Ron says no, but he said he went right. to his girlfriend's closet. Right, in the closet. And no, his wife. Yeah. Wasn't it? Yeah. His, he buried his wife girl. at the time. Yep. He right. was buried for two weeks. Or something yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. And he yeah. went into the he went into the closet and he wrote, and I don't even know if the guitar in the funhouse. It was yeah. in the funhouse that he yeah. wrote Funhouse. Yeah. So and for those crazy? who don't know, the funhouse was the house that the band lived in, and it was basically a giant heroin house. And right. they would they would they would squirt uh, water with blood that would turn brown, and it was all over the walls. <laughs> shooting gallery, <laughs> the shooting gallery to end all shooting galleries. You know, that's so, the thing. One last thing I want to touch on is those. Yeah, the later albums. Okay, you know, that's what they're that's what they're missing. They're missing dangerous living. They're missing youth, and unfortunately, the drugs because. Those three. Oh, things, you mean the weirdness and ready weirdness to die? Weirdness and ready to die. Oh, we have to talk that, about those. That's that's what those albums are missing. You know, it's. I think, dude. So all I know those is, albums. All I know is, and we have to go. We really have to talk about this. All I know is, yes. I'll never forget the anticipation. And I saw Big Black open for the Stooges. Nice in Chicago. Nice. Uh, Steve Albini, the guy who produced yep. um, the Nirvana and the the Pixies, right? Yep. He goes in with the, the the Stooges to do the weirdness. They're thinking, this is going to be the coolest, craziest album. And it, you know what? It's like disappointing. They took really the is. principle that they had on the original Stooges record of, oh, let's write a bunch of songs impromptu, super quick, right? And they're not timeless. They're songs like they're not ATM. It's terrible. They're terrible. She the took all my money. Like what the fuck is but that? But you know what else? The other thing is, I was reading today. I think on the page somebody had posted that you can't blame that all on Iggy and the lyrics because I guess at the time when Ron was playing with Destroy All Monsters with, yeah. with Niagara singing, yeah, I guess all the good riffs he had at that time he used for that band, and all the leftovers Niagara said used them for the Stooges stuff, which blows my mind. That blows my mind that he went with that, you know. And all I know is, all I know is that one song. I think there's one song that is timeless, oh, like yeah. classic on, Weird. on my those two albums. Fun. Yeah, great. my idea of fun great. slays. And you know, you know what's funny? You say that because then you look at like Dead Rock Star on right. Skull Ring, and it's like, yeah. holy shit, is that yeah. a great friggin' song? Oh, those ones on Skull Ring are good. I think. Yeah, they're all pretty good. Skull Ring is good. Passing Cloud on the Weirdness is half really good that that song i really like it's got a good i haven't listened to it in years that i haven't listened to it in song. years people like i should really listen yeah it. you should check it out and I the, will. and the vinyl has a few extra songs that are that are that are decent oh i did not know that and yeah. and one last thing too and, and we'll end it here and then yeah. and then there's ready to die which right. is ba- i'm baffled by ready right. to die. i'm like how are these songs and how are these stooges songs and how and so it's like it leads me to wonder because like you basically both configurations of the band each put out one more album. Yes, the right. That was James's band, album, right? Right. You had Ron's album, and you had James's album. You got right. literally got one more bite at the apple for each one, and they both are just. There like, was, I, was, they didn't have direction. I think I said they should have put a couple of the really good fans in there and got them on point and remembering, you know, and, and trying to. Oh, I feel like if I was in that room, I gotta help that band make a great album. Like, but why not take like old songs that never properly right. released, like "Cock in My Pocket," Redo Joanna, all them. 
You know? Heavy liquid, you know, like all of do, them. Br- just bring you. them out. All, all of those yeah. songs. I mean, but people don't realize. All right, I'm really going to shut up after this. Last thing I'm going to say. After Raw Power, or even during Raw Power, yeah. the Stooges have way more songs than like 21 songs that are on their records. Oh my God. There are so many Stooges songs that were never like officially recorded. It's Great kind point. of insane. It is. It's it really is. Insane. It is. There, there are tons of Stooges songs. And I got to be honest with you. Open Up and Bleed is like one of their Open best and songs. Bleed. And that's not, Open Up and Bleed is, is a, a, a very famous Stooges song that yeah. nobody, um, that, that or that never really got its due. And then right. what's interesting too is if the, and one of the, to go back to, to bookend it with the Funhouse stuff. Yeah. If you really want to hear what the writing you know what the their mentality was when they were writing. You gotta listen to the Funhouse outtakes box set. Oh, you listen amazing. to the songs formulate. You listen to something like "Slide into the Future." There's oh, a bunch of those. So like, good. A bunch of like they're good, but you also you see how, how things kind of form. How the lyrics form even. Oh my god! Yes, from so different. To end. It's Donna, almost like they guess. It's crazy. Loose like twenty six takes or something, and the lyrics, yeah, it changes all the way through. And and that's Amazing. what's so funny. Like it, by random chance, it could have been any different set of lyrics. Oh, totally. You know, totally. and he sang so, a lot of those live. The other lyrics. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So listen, this has been so much fun. We're oh, gonna put a pin in this. We're definitely gonna do this again, you guys. We will. Um, we we will uh, uh, Nick and I will have a powwow in, in uh, uh, and we'll figure out where where and what direction we're gonna we'll, we will take the conversation the ongoing conversation. So yes. please make sure to tune in next time. Um, same channel. Please like, share, and subscribe. Please make sure to join the Stoogeaholics. Yes, group. you guys are all welcome, Stoogeaholics. Please come come, come into the Stoogeaholics group. And um, uh, check out uh, all the stuff in the description. And I'd like to thank uh, Nick, my co-host. And we thank will you. see you again. We this is how we say thing. We say goodbye on the show. We say peace, peace, and hair grease, <laughs> hair grease, hair grease.